Okay, welcome back for another episode of the I Am Liberty Podcast. I'm joined by my great friend and associate, Chad Wagstaff. How are you, sir? Hey, Esteban. I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, brother. Uh, Thank I think... you for having me on, by the way. It's awesome. You bet, man. Well, uh, when when it comes to uh, a large part of like who I am as a person, uh, we got into real estate at the same time. Uh, and so we had a lot of those kind of... Um, you know, entrepreneurial journey, uh, steps together in a lot of ways. Uh, so, so Absolutely. I wanted to have you on because I, I, I do feel like you exemplify that, uh, American dream in a lot of ways. So, well, thank you. Um, yeah, you've been such a good friend over the years and it's been fun to grow our businesses and watch all the fun things that you've done and I've done and can't believe it's been like 10 years. That's the weird part. Yeah. Or like, I mean, maybe eight, but. Yeah, 2013. Uh, yeah, eight years. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's kind of flown by. It feels like a few lifetimes ago, but. Yeah, a lot can happen in eight years. <laughs> Makes me excited for the next eight. Yeah, the next eight should be, should be pretty amazing. Um, so I don't know if you know this, uh, I call you uh, Chad swag staff sometimes. Cause you've got like, <laughs> yep. you've got like some, uh, some swagger. You you bring the swagger to your business, to life. So, <laughs> so welcome Follow me on Instagram uh, at Chad swag, <laughs> Chad, Chad swag. <laughs> Follow. I, is that an actual handle? I, I feel like if not, you need to make one. So it is my actual handle. And, um, it is a double entendre, actually, because my middle name starts with an S, so it's literally like Chad S. Swag. <laughs> Chad Swag, bring him the swag, bro. Chad Swag, Chad right. Swag, baby. Well, let's let's dive into that, man. Where do you, where do you get your swag? Where what what's your background? <laughs> where where are you from? Uh, where were you born? Yeah. Where, where were you raised? What? So I was raised in Holiday, and then I went in in Utah, in Salt Lake City, Utah, and. Um, I went to high school in Northern California. And then um, after high school, I went on a two-year um, LDS Mormon mission to Pennsylvania. And after that time in Pittsburgh area, um, I went to school at BYU um, here in good old Utah. And so after that, I just kind of stayed in Salt Lake after I graduated from from college. So, um, I've been really Utah most of my life. Awesome. So, awesome. With the I think that's stinting. where the swagger comes from. <laughs> I think it's from being born and raised in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing to do with the time in Pittsburgh. <laughs> nothing nope. to do with the time in NoCal. Uh, no, no, it's all. Um, so, all right. Well, I didn't realize you had served in, in Pittsburgh. Um, what would you say, was maybe one of your uh, biggest learning experiences there in that in that two year time? Did you learn anything at all uh, on your on your LDS mission, or what did it feel like uh, jail like for some of us? <laughs> um, it definitely <laughs> felt like jail. It was a very <laughs> difficult two years for me. Um, not I'm not the guy that says it's the best two years of my life. Um, but I think the biggest thing was it just taught me a little bit about um, committing to something and finishing and following through with what you said you would do and um, some kind of work ethic stuff I, th I still draw from in that. And um, I think mindset too, a little bit, just kind of, you know, bloom where you're planted, right? Make the most of what the opportunity at hand is. So. I feel like some of those topics I was, you know, raised to kind of think or feel, but um, that was kind of maybe the first time it got put to the test, right? Gotcha. So, gotcha. I'm glad that I did it, but I'm not like dying to go back either. <laughs> <laughs> had, that applies to a, to a, <laughs> had, that applies to a, to a, you know, nowadays they can like call it easy these days. Um, yeah, 
I get triggered a little bit because I feel like I don't want to be like the old man who's like, oh, it needs to be like as hard as mine was or like whatever. Because like I feel like the world's progressed a lot in mental health and it's like probably for the best that it's not the way that it used to be. But I also can't help but be the old man being like, you guys are but they're like, you guys are not doing anything like. Anyway, I try to stay out of it yeah, so that that's I don't true. like maybe say we, something Maybe we don't want to dive but... down that road too much. Uh, <laughs> but I will say they're also on social media. It just blows my freaking so. mind. Um, so, uh, all right. Yeah. So you went on your mission. You were tested maybe for the first time in your life uh, outside of the bubble that is Utah. Um, and uh, and then mm-hmm. you got into real estate right away or was there was there like, what, what did you do right after you got home? No, actually, no. So I got my degree in urban planning and development. And I uh, thought that I might get into like some commercial or like land development stuff. Um, but my family is in the restaurant industry, actually. And so um, during college, I worked at P.F. Chang's. And when I graduated from college, uh, they offered me a management position. And so I took it uh, just kind of to have a salary and thought, well, maybe if I end up going into like upper management at either P.F. Chang's or my family restaurants, that that would probably serve me well, that experience. So um, I was a manager at P.F. Chang's for a couple of years and um, just kind of had a breaking point where I realized I didn't really want to do restaurants and that industry. It's a tough industry, actually, for those who have worked in it. They probably understand that kind of uh, schedule wise and just kind of it's kind of taxing. So um, anyway, I I had a, a actually... I had a really bad shift at P.F. Chang's um, on Christmas Eve uh, in 2010. Nope, I'm sorry, 2011. And um, it was on that night that I literally decided that I was going to go after real estate and to like try to figure out my degree and maybe put it to use or maybe just get into buying and selling residential, which is what I did. But um, anyway, um, I got my real estate license in 2012. And that was two and a half years or so after I graduated college. Um, and from there, I just started trying to sell residential real estate and met you in 2013. <laughs> and that's when my business took off. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all thanks to you. So, uh, no, that's not the case at all uh, <laughs> for the record. <laughs> but I did get my first listing uh, before you. And I remember we we had a little bit of competitiveness yeah, uh kind of initially yeah so obviously yeah i re- i had forgotten that but now that you say that i remember those yeah feelings. it was sandy was it was like super overpriced <laughs> super overpriced i mean to probably sell for close to right. 650 That's now right. but we were at 350 at the time and <laughs> we were over market like by 50,000 or something so um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I totally forgot about that. That's awesome. Actually, I don't know your story. Why did you? Why? When did? How did you join in real estate? And oh yeah, so this is kind of a funny Everest? story because because it will it will tie this back to you. Uh, but essentially, um, I had taken real estate classes in college, but my degree was uh, international mm. relations, political science, and so I'd taken those real estate classes kind of simultaneously. So actually when I graduated is when I finally took the test for real estate in 2013 and finally got, you know, licensed in 2013. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but in 2012, like the very end of 2012, I put my house for sale by owner before I was licensed. So Century 21 mm-hmm. Everest is, is who you're with. They're notorious for doing what? Like mm-hmm. a lot of things, right? prospecting yeah Yeah. prospecting so so essentially i was prospected by someone from century 21 everest and uh you know as soon as i got licensed uh lindsey wardle was the one who uh kind of kind of you know Mm -hmm. worked the whole mindset and growth and all that uh 
uh, angle and, and I ended up joining Century 21 Everest. So, um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I I think I did know yeah. that story now that you said yeah. it again, and forgotten. So what was kind of funny in that time in 2013, I was working at the NSA facility, uh, the National Security Agency and there in Bluffdale. Mm. And so I couldn't actually have my phone on me. Um, you know, for like most of the day, cause I was doing real estate part-time and mm. like, so it was like, I was just like a, you know, it was just a That's bad, right. bad, uh, you know, like really difficult time for me in real estate. Uh, but somehow I got that listing by just knocking on doors yeah. kind of determined, um, to, to, to make it work. So, <laughs> but awesome. yeah, well, so you're still with I Century 21 Everest and you are absolutely I crushing am. it right now with the elite team. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I, <laughs> I didn't Something thank like you that. enough for making time in the middle of the day, like afternoon, probably ready for a nap, uh, you know, to, to, to do this. So you're the best. No, I'm happy. I'm excited. I like it. Um, yeah, so I I did join a team in 2013, and um, that's kind of where I got my initial lead source and figured out how to handle like a high amount of transactions um, personally. And so I just kind of ramped up, had a great year in 2014, and every year since has just kind of built and it's gotten pretty big. So um yeah, I have a leadership position now on the team and I'm still at the same brokerage. And I mean, on paper, I feel like a million things have changed, but it <laughs> looks like I'm doing just the same thing probably from people on the outside. Yeah. Well, and, and I know, cause we're, we're, uh, you know, in touch pretty frequently, just keeping each other accountable on, on various goals. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're taking a sip of, uh, it's no longer all natural, all natural. All natural, <laughs> zero calorie, organic, non-GMO. It's clear. Yes. Kick in the habit. And it's delicious. Um, <laughs> sponsored, sponsored by Zevia. We'll see if we can, we can uh, generate some revenue on the podcast with Zevia. Um, no. <laughs> Probably can. I feel like this is a step up They're definitely going to pay for you know the two listeners that we have. Uh, to, you know, cause, cause every customer matters. Um, all right. So <laughs> I feel like we're, we're like delving into like a sarcasm realm here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. It's yeah, my, it's me. Okay. It's me. Um, it's not you. It's probably the zoom thing too. Like, you know, we're just, we're so used to just like chatting and, and bullshitting with each other that, just, you know, <laughs> this is, this is, yeah. This is different. I think um, that's the case. This is this is this is no different. <laughs> We're just giggling at this point. People I think the reason why you have followers is they want to see, you know, thirty something year old men giggle um, like on a podcast. I think that's what Yeah, your for sure. Biggest for sure. market share. Um, I just I just uh you know, because I have like six hundred something followers on Instagram. Uh, you know, it's I hit that six hundred mark and I was like, Man, yeah. I was flying high. But I just <laughs> So I just had some, uh, some lunch, some buddies and they were like, Oh, Hey, Instagram influencer. Um, (laughs) you know, cause apparently I strike a chord (laughs) when I, when I post, um, so so, appreciate it. I like when you post. Um, Well, so so we text each other every morning because we try and keep each other accountable. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of why I was yeah. giving you a little bit of shit about whatever you were drinking. It looked like soda at first. Um, but I know it did. It technically is soda, but okay. it's not the soda that triggers me. So it's acceptable soda it, because the reason why I needed to get away from Coke zero diet Coke, that type of stuff was just all of the, the chemicals and the addictive part of the caffeine and that kind of stuff. And, I wasn't drinking any water, so it's kind of a bad, bad habit loop for a while. So anyway, I am off soda, three months off off of the soda that is my trigger. And uh, this Zevia is just like all natural, clear, bubbly, like, you know, naturally 
We're it's boring. definitely like going it. to take a clip of that plug right there that you said about Zevia and send it in to try, to try and generate some revenue. <laughs> we'll have I to cut out the part where you say it's boring, this. but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, um, it's like <laughs> drinking an O'Doul, you know. It's it's like, it's, it's close, but not so the like real you're a thing, part of it, but real. you're not. Uh, did you did you hear that Joe yeah. Rogan podcast episode um, <laughs> about how Coke has like a special ingredient? They have like special exceptions with the government to be able to transport uh, like cocoa leaves to to flavor their their stuff um, that Pepsi doesn't have. So they have like I didn't know special that. permission from the U.S. government to make their uh, they're flavoring more addictive, uh, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I believe so. I, I mean, this is, this is America. And honestly, <laughs> like I'm jealous. Oh, them. They, they have a great, great you lobby. This is, this is how America works. Yeah. They think <laughs> so, they figured um, it out. So <laughs> I think... they figured it out. <laughs> I'm proud of their liberty, See, this, but I'm this really does kind of delve like really deep into uh, the name of the podcast, right? Because because we want people to have liberty, like we really do, like, and we want to preserve it and we want to live it. But I think people have different ideas of what that is, and um, and uh, some people totally. like find it in substances. I know I do and did at some some points in my life. Uh, so, so yeah, it's kind of, uh, do you foresee yeah. the Coke habit being kicked for the rest of your life or is it more of like a, is it like a temporary thing? No, um, Whoa. I foresee it being over for me. Um, I know big, I just, in every iteration of like vision of my life and how I want it to look and what my health goals are and everything, like there's just not a place for, for that type oh, of shoot, man. soda in it. So <laughs> I know it's okay yeah. though. I feel better without it. Honestly, <laughs> I've given it up so many times that, um, you've like said goodbye to it enough times. So, where... <laughs> I had to say goodbye. Like, and it, you know it's one day at a time, and I'm not being sarcastic <laughs> at all about addiction because I know this is stupid and it's just diet soda. But man, <laughs> it gets its grips in me. It grips in me. So. <laughs> Thanks, U.S. government, for allowing the addictive substances that is soda into into our into our diets. Um, yeah, so. You know, I, I, I would really like to dive into that a little bit more because because the premise behind it and okay. we're maybe going off track because but we'll, we'll try and we'll try and reel it back in. Uh, so so you said okay. any iteration of my life, vision of my life that I see like, uh, you know, it d doesn't involve soda or, or what like what what do you mean by that, I guess, like what, what is it about soda specifically that, that made it so that you, you felt like you needed to be free from its grips to use your terms? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad you asked that. Like I try to take like a very like thoughtful and like goal oriented and targeted approach to like what I want my life to look like. And so like, I even just imagine like an overweight 60 year old, like sucking down the diet Coke, like, and like, I like that very easily could be me, you know? And so like, when I think about like, okay, well, I'm in my thirties, like, I don't want to get type two diabetes. Like I got to watch what I eat. Like I try to avoid a lot of processed stuff. Like, like soda was kind of my last thing that was like super horribly bad for me that I was like drinking or, or consuming every day, you know? And so when I like finally took like a more purposeful approach to like my health, I had to like be honest about like that habit and I well, had to kick it. So, that, and that's what I did. And well, that's, that's what, what you did. did and, and you make it sound so easy, but habits are not habits like that, especially when it's like on a physical level, mm -hmm. like, you see a soda or 
you know, you see that that substance that that maybe like it, it sets off a chemical reaction in your mind and your body, and so you, you kind of crave it. Like it, it's it's not just as easy as like, um, you know, hey, I'm I'm done. It's like yeah. it's a it's a. Oh, go ahead. And I have. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, I just was going to add to that. Like, I have to talk about it really definitively like this so that there's like no room for backsliding because the truth of the matter is it was 15 years or more of drinking a lot of soda, you know, and it's really only been 90 days without it currently. So if you look at this like really off-weighted scale in history, like I know that I'm not out of the woods, but I have to be really firm about how committed I am to have it out of my life because I know that the second I, and I've done this before, the second I'm like, oh, I can have one or we're at, a, at Cinco de Mayo, like, let's have a Coke with our tacos, like normal human interaction, society, whatever, like the next day yeah. I'm drinking a hundred ounces of so soda So like again. stopping like, at the gas station, like filling that. up the and I know, 100 with... ounce uh, mug and um, or like 200 ounce mugs and like double fisting, like. Like literally, uh... <laughs> literally like twice a day. And like something at lunch, and if I have a closing at the title company too. So, um, I but I'm free from a lot of substances, so, and I think that probably me more than I probably have that addictive yeah. kind of personality. So, I have uh, to be careful. Well, and so you you mentioned a few keywords there. Uh, you said you had to be you had to be committed. Okay. Uh, well, that's the only keyword that I can think of. <laughs> I, I, there's, there's a lot to it, right? Uh, because that's the same, you have a mm -hmm. podcast, it's called the supervision podcast. And I think in your introductory episode, you talk about, uh, setting yeah. standards, being committed, kind of, uh, you know, setting habits and, and sticking to those habits. Uh, so, so going back, I guess, to like your, like the start of your real estate career, your, uh, you know, kind of, kind of what, what got you into real estate when you joined the elite team and all of that, what were some of the key habits that maybe you had to leave behind and then, and then adopt new habits, uh, like going forward? Do you remember some of those, some of those habits that maybe had to, yeah. you had to kick in those initial stages? Cause you said this was like maybe the last habit, but health related, but yeah, well, I think that I think that it as part of just growing up like and being in your 20s and deciding that you're going to be an entrepreneur and that you're really wanting to start your livelihood and your career like um I definitely had to give up um kind of just like party time and play time and like chill time to like decide okay, I'm going to start a business, you know. And when I joined the elite team, I had been struggling in real estate and I was fired from a team actually, uh, where I came into work one day in September and the team leader was like, Hey man, like we talk, I was like, sure. What's up? And he's like, Hey, like you're not making any money. I'm not making any money. Like this isn't working. Sorry. Like you got to find yourself a different setup. And it was literally like a three to four sentence pack your shit and go, you know, like, <laughs> cool. Okay. You know? And so like, you know, when you're 27 and you have to like text your wife or call your wife and be like, Hey, like just got fired. Like, you know, you start to get real about like, well, what am I going to do? And like, what, you know, I'm, how am I going to so figure was he, out like work, giving you leads you know? or, so anyway, or he or she like, were they giving I was you in leads? A, Did it have anything yeah, to do with the leads? Like Glenn yeah. Carey, Glenn Ross, like the lead, the leads are weak. <laughs> the leads are weak. <laughs> the bricks. You're weak. Co Coke is for closers. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so good. Yeah, so good. Uh, <laughs> uh, third prize is retired. Um, so you won third prize. <laughs> I love that scene so much. Okay. <laughs> I won third yeah. prize on the team I was on anyway. Um, the, so when I got, so when I finally started to, so anyway, I'm kind of, I digress a little bit, but 
I was just trying to say that the probably the number one thing that I had to give up initially was the incorrect notion that like I could just do whatever I wanted all the time like with no structure so when I got onto the current team that I'm on which really changed my life like I got like a pretty routine schedule um put into place where I was going to the morning meetings with Esteban 7 30 a.m Monday through Friday and I was hitting the phones at 8 a.m after that and I was so scared that I was going to get fired again, <laughs> that like, there was no, there's a non-negotiable, you know, it was like, this is what you do every day. And it really it actually even wasn't coming directly down from Dave, our team leader, like that I had to be on the phones by 8am or anything like that. But the company that we're with did a 7.30am meeting and just kind of the natural progression was like, after that meeting, I'd start calling people. So I'd say for probably two plus, maybe almost three years, like, well, probably two full years. Um, that's just kind of what I did. I was at my desk every day till noon and calling from eight to noon. And that was the time that I learned how to like do it, even if I wasn't feeling like it. And that the freedom that comes from having income is better than the freedom of getting to choose what you do all day, you know, like, so, you know, there's obviously a lot there, but that's so what I gave for up. two years at a minimum, two years, like two and a half, almost three years you spent. So from eight to 12, if my math is correct. That's four hours a day during the week, uh, just making calls, uh, mm -hmm. just prospecting out to leads and trying to set appointments and to sell home. Uh, you said it was a non-negotiable. You set up that routine. Uh, and so it sounds like, mm -hmm. cause you said you were so scared of getting fired again. So scared. Like, like there was, there was a lot of fear based yeah. action, if you will, to set up those routines, to leave behind maybe the desire to do whatever you want, whenever you wanted. Uh, you know, at least at that time, how you structured yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, but like, what, was there anything else that you, you utilized? Uh, cause we talk about those seven thirty meetings, um, you know, initially, uh, but was there anything else other than that kind of fear-based motivation or how long would you say it took you to like maybe transition from a fear-based motivation to something maybe that was a little bit more fulfilling or are we still kind of in that? <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because it, I I did kind of get into those habits based out of fear, which I think a lot of people do, right? A lot of people are working just to cover, you know, their basic human needs, and it's not an inspiring or motivating cause. Like, and that's kind of how I treated it at first because I was so desperate to prove to myself that getting into real estate was not a bad idea, right? That taking a job that's 100% commission wasn't just like a total flop and a failure. And that proved to my spouse and my family that like, I didn't make a huge mistake. So like, all of those like, motives were there. And then our team had like a standard that you that was that we were expected to close 36 transactions in a year, so three a month. And so that was kind of my positive goal was like, hey, like if you get the 36 deals at the time, you would at least make six figures or you'd make six figures and that you would get to keep your spot. And so I kind of had these blinders on, which looking back now is kind of funny because not everybody was doing that, but I thought that they were. So I had these kind of blinders on that, like, I have to do this minimum job requirement otherwise i can't work here and i liked what i was doing and i wanted to succeed and i could see it kind of happening and so that's how in 2014 i ended up you know closing 39 transactions which was a lot and i didn't even know it was a lot i just thought like that was like three more than like the bare minimum like that's how i was thinking of that number but it like set me up to this higher minimum standard now we're like i can't close less than that or i feel like i didn't do <laughs> enough you know wow so. 
anyway. so you went from being fired for non-performance uh, to essentially closing 39 transactions in a year and in, in 2014. Mm -hmm. Now I missed this part of the journey uh, out of real estate because I had to go to, uh, I, I went to the Middle East with the military for, for a brief stint, but I come home and, you know, so, so, so I leave, right? Uh, you know, I get called up with the National Guard. I volunteer to go, whatever it is, uh, to go to the Middle East. Uh, you know, I, I like knew the Chad that like, uh, you know, was, was mad at me for getting my, you know, my first listing, uh, before him. And, and <laughs> so, so I come back, <laughs> petty, petty, petty. Oh, aren't we all, aren't we all petty Chad, uh, to, to this Chad, who's like, I get, I get home and you're like, yeah, you know, I did, I did 39 transactions and I was like, you know, I was like nothing. And you were just kind of like smooth sailing. And, and then I joined the team shortly after I got home from the middle East and, um, yeah. you know, we connected, we, we got on the same team. We, we did some cool things together, um, that year, uh, 2015 to 2016. So I've got a picture of you <laughs> on you my really? wall up here. Oh, yeah, I yes. I'm pull it down. I remember this. I'd completely forgotten. <laughs> I got a plaque. Yes. Elite See team, baby. Yeah. I'm, I'm just there on the side. Yeah. There you are, there baby. We go. There we go. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not very good at this. Sorry. That's got to yeah, be on film we're, we're for your podcast. Yeah, right just here. On, the, uh, on the right side there. <laughs> Sales team of the year, 2015. Uh, you know, led by our fearless leaders, <laughs> David Parker and Chad swag uh so <laughs> um all right man so uh you you've said some pretty key words in because because now you're kind of you've been doing it you're in the flow you're super successful crushing it you've got clients that you're working with all the time killer referral business for your 100 percent commission based job uh, you've got investments that you've got now uh, but you said a, a few key things standard you set some standards you set up a structure you set up a routine there were non-negotiables and mm -hmm. you said that basically based all on, on all this you you achieved greater freedom than you would have had if you would have just done whatever whatever you wanted um so now yeah. you're you're also like coaching i know you got you got a podcast and you recently also have gotten your license in California, had your first closing in California. Yeah. So what's keeping you going now, man? Like what's, uh, yeah. you know, what, what's the, uh, what's the pursuit? What's, what's, what's got, what's got you going yeah. in the mornings and, and, and keeping you going in your business? Yeah. So, um, obviously a lot's changed. I mean, um, I mean, you detailed some of it and I've got kids now and um, I'm trying to do higher transactions, uh, higher volume and also work less hours. <laughs> so um, I feel like my goals now are a lot more like um, they're a lot more specific and like fine tuned, right? Like, you know, how can I you know, have the same amount or more production in less work hours. Uh, Work-life balance is a much bigger piece of the puzzle now where, um, you know, I like to work, so I would work kind of too much if I, um, if it was the only thing in my life. So, you know, obviously I uh, had a lot of fun uh, opening up kind of the dad role and trying to like, enjoy it and not stare at my phone and be present. Um, I'm also working with a coach who's teaching me a lot about um, living my values and consciousness and like choosing the way that each day is going to go. And so all of that, um, I feel like is kind of what's driving me now. Um, I mean, I think in really big terms, I want, I want vacation homes and I want the cars and I want financial freedom and, all those big things that um, I think are really obtainable. Uh, it just takes kind of some direct action towards yeah. what you want, you know? Well, and, you know, I, 
a selfish reason for kind of wanting to start this podcast is I am interviewing essentially people who, who I want to emulate. And I think who, who also kind of, you know, in, in a lot of ways, like you're taking full advantage of the opportunities that are, that are before you, and you're really not afraid to take that next step to say, Hey, I want vacation homes. I want the cars. I want to have the good life and work less. And, and so, and, and kind of take action mm-hmm. towards all that, which, you know, is, is emblematic of obviously a, a life of liberty, at least in my mind. And so, and I, I think there's a lot to that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, sorry, were you going to say something or? Yeah. yeah, well, I appreciate it. No, I, I just, I appreciate it. And, and I've always looked up to you because I feel like you have this like iron will, right? Like you're like, I'm going to get shredded and I'm going to serve my country and I'm going to like be Mr. Discipline. Like, and I feel like so lazy and fat and like, not like, I don't have like the discipline to do a lot of this stuff. I mean, I guess just discipline maybe in different ways, but you know, like it's funny how we look at each other and we think like, Oh, like they've got this, this, this. And despite how much you may have, you just are always kind of comparing. And I think that's a, conditioning problem obviously yeah. with people yeah, but, going, going back um, to uh you know the the whole competitive nature of things back in the beginning of our careers right <laughs> it's it's nothing like that. i know <laughs> and i'm so competitive and like i'll read books and i'll be like oh yeah like you gotta let go of the ego and whatever but like i definitely find myself ego driven hmm. often hmm. so i gotta chill well, chill out a little bit i on don't that. know there's I think there's a place for it, right? It's there for a reason. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, I think yeah, there's a place for it. Long... <laughs> um... <laughs> there's a big place for it. <laughs> no, um, well, and so you said, all right. So we we both kind of have things going for us in different ways, right? Uh, and and mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't get that way without I think coming from at least for me uh, coming from a place of pain right? A place of, Hey, Mm -hmm. I've had enough. Like this is, this is no longer acceptable. And, uh, and then having a massive desire to learn everything I possibly could to, uh, to understand what I needed to, to take the action that I needed to, to make those massive changes in my life. Uh, it, and, and, you know, you kind of did that initial push, uh, with, with your business and you know smooth sailing now and you know but it took that that massive action right like that massive discipline and that belief in in being able to achieve what it is that you kind of set out in your mind like you envision in your mind for your life um so what would you say because i mean you've got a stack of books behind you in your bookshelf (laughs) hopefully you've (laughs) read them they're not they're not just for show. I do. Most of them. I've read most of them. I will admit few that them, a few they're, on there are on the read. to-do list. Um, so, so what would you say are some yeah. of the like core beliefs that you've adopted and core values that you've adopted to, to maybe help you take those next steps towards this, uh, this life of greater freedom, greater, greater liberty? Yeah. Well, I, the number one thing that I wanted to, or that I thought about diving into with you today as like, yeah, sorry, like in regards to liberty, right, is like the ability to, is the ability to kind of free your mind. Um, because I think that the way that you approach one thing or all the things in your life, um, the mindset that you have around the way that you approach things, I think makes a huge difference if you're willing to do the work or not, you know, like, like mindset is like the number one thing for me, because all of the things that I've been able to accomplish, which some people envy and some people don't, like, they've all been things that I thought were possible you know, like, okay, well, like, if I 
put in the work now, or if I do this, or if I stay disciplined, or if I talk to these people or put aside my fear, you know, my mind had to get there first. So there's a big quote about how everything's created twice, right? Once in your mind and then once in physical reality. So like, I feel like the probably the number one thing that I'm looking for and that I search for in all these books back here and the thing that's probably made the biggest difference in me creating the life that I'm living now is that I thought that it was possible and I kind of went after it. So I think a big thing about liberty is like, like looking at your own mind and your own conditioning and deciding what shackles am I willing to let go of? Like what limitations are in there? Why are they there? They may be there because of trauma. They may be there because of a family dynamic or conditioning or from just past experience or pain. Like, and we all have these things that say, oh, I can't do that. Or I won't ever look like Esteban looks, or I'll never have the discipline to do this. Or I could never go to war. Like (laughs) the way that you have, like all these things are shackles in my own mind. And I think once we are able to like free ourselves from that, and think, okay, like, what's possible? How can I be a millionaire? How can I have the vacation home? How can I do 39 deals in a year? Once you start talking to yourself in a way that is possible, it starts to happen because you take the actions that you see that are necessary. So I don't know, that's probably my biggest thing. And there's a lot, a lot to unpack there because uh, I mean, there's, there's just so many evidences in each of our lives, right? Where, where as soon as we start to believe that something's possible, then it, you know, it somehow it magically appears. Um, but, but it's not magic, right? I say magic, it's just, it's down, it's downplaying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think, no, no, but like, I think that's why, like, I was actually having a conversation with my friend this morning about the book, The Secret. And I read the book, The Secret for the first time. Well, really for the only time I've only read it once. Um, back in like 2011 or 2012, before I knew anything about personal development, before manifestation was a big thing or whatever. And I like mocked it. And I was like, this book is so stupid. Like, like you think you're going to get the best parking spot. So you pull up to the grocery store and you get the best parking spot. Like that's stupid. Like, you know what I mean? Like the universe doesn't care about your parking situation. And that's like a real example in that book. But then we were kind of, he was like making fun of me because he's like, you are like so into manifesting. Like, I can't believe you don't like the secret. And I was just like, well, (laughs) yeah. Like I kind of had to like be like, well, I think there's a piece that is manifesting Mm. plus action, you know, like, like you have to believe it's possible and then you have to be willing to do. You freaking hit the nail on the head, man, at least as far as, as far as how I, (laughs) um, you know, like one of the premises of, of the podcast and like everything that I choose to do, uh, each day is, uh, you know, the name of the podcast is I am Liberty, right? But you can you can complete that mm-hmm. affirmation, if you will, uh, you know, how you see yourself, how you identify uh, with with any sort of empowering word. Uh, you know, I am love. I am peace. I am yeah. joy. I am happiness. I am fun. All that stuff. Right. Um, but sure. The the limitation in just saying something or maybe just thinking something that wishful thinking, if you will, is that that doesn't make it so you actually have to take that action. You have to, you have to learn how to take those steps to, to essentially live that life that you're claiming that, that you, that you want to live. So, uh, so yeah, you're not just going to magically manifest something out of nothing, but it does, it does take that action. And which is why I wanted to have these conversations. Like we have to learn from others how, we make things happen. Uh, you know, 
and and you've got you've yeah. got those those books behind you uh you know where you where you learn those hows you start to learn those hows you you start to to see okay how how can i do this how can i do that um and asking those questions now we talked about ego a little bit and how how ego yeah. is maybe advantageous in some ways but uh, you know in the competitive sense like i want to do this i want to do this uh and and so you know that can be that can be a driver yeah. but then uh, to be able to learn what we need to do to get to the next level in our lives, we have to be willing to swallow that ego and, and to be able to be open to new yeah. ideas, new possibilities. And, and so I guess, uh, I'll, I'll ask you, I'll kind of flip it. So when you say like, oh yeah, I have ego, I still have that ego that maybe interferes. Like, what do you do? about your ego like what do you do when when you have those maybe old conditionings uh those those, those old traumas uh the the things that maybe try and limit you when when you're trying to take this massive action and the ego kind of gets in the way and says no that's not possible you can't do that or whatever it is that we're learning but then there's something in our past or something that's preventing us from from taking that next step like what are there things that you do specifically that, that maybe help you overcome that ego, overcome that mind where, where you're still willing to learn, you're willing to charge through and see that belief in that vision through to fruition. Is there something that you do specifically or, or what are some things that you've learned that help you overcome that? Yeah. Um, a few things. Um, so I feel like I was kind of at a crossroads in 2020. Um, where um i had kind of felt like a plateau with my business um and i was kind of succeeding well i mean i was successful by a lot of measures but like i didn't feel like the drive to like go after more in fact i was kind of like like can I just work less? Like, I'm even okay with less money. Like, I was kind of having these types of things that didn't sound a lot like me. And I realized it was kind of like a defeated approach where I just had kind of reached a point of exhaustion, you know? And so out of that uh, kind of feeling, I felt two things. One, I felt like I needed to hire a coach. And two, I felt like I needed to hire an assistant. So I felt like I've gotten as far as I could like kind of solo. And so I didn't really know how to hire an assistant. So I hired a coach first. Um, and my coach, I've been coaching with her just this year in 2021. So 10 months now, or going into 11. And um, early on, you know, I really wanted to get into like, okay, well, like, how do I do more goals? And how do I do, I really want to, you know, get my real estate license in California and like, whatever. And I was just kept like hammering her with like 2021 goals that I had set 600 and something thousand in income and two rental properties and just all these like massive things, including like a volume goals. And anyway, I had like spouted off all this stuff. And on my first coaching session, I'm like, so like, how do I get, yeah. it? you know, like, let's go. <laughs> and that was kind of like, okay, I hired my coach, like, tell me exactly what to do. And she like blew my mind, like came at it with such a different approach that I've ever had before. And she was just like, okay, like, I'm fine if you want to achieve all these things, but like, I need to understand like what your core values are as a human being, like first. And like, let's like look at your personality tests and your tendencies and your weaknesses and your strengths. And anyway, so we kind of spent some time doing some personality stuff and value stuff. And then immediately she encouraged me to um, start doing like a morning mindset routine. And I was hit or miss with it for a few months. I didn't do it every day. And the morning mindset routine has sections like how are you feeling right now? What's your biggest obstacle? Um, aff affirmations, intentions for the day, gratitudes, prayer, um, you know, uh, what else does it have? Manifestations and a little section for review from the previous day. Uh, anyway, the reason I bring all this up is to answer your question. So 
up until I got this morning mindset routine, like I think the way that I pushed through those moments was out of just pure grit. I don't think it was always healthy. I don't think that um, it was checked. Like the competitive nature in me just had to be number one and get what I want. And I think there was a lot of ego and selfish drive there. And through grit, you can do a lot of things. Um, but since starting coaching in this year, um, I've learned a few way healthier ways to subdue the ego. Um, and so anyway, um, it's a long answer to your question, but I think now from a different perspective, I can share that um, I think the best way to eliminate those limiting beliefs or to tone down your ego um, is to try to get yourself into a place where you can be really present. Um, I still have big goals. I still have things that I really want to do, but I'm not feeling anxiety about them because I'm not living in the future. I'm focused on what's this hour going to look like? Am I going to get my core intentions and core values today? And kind of living more in the moment, I see how valuable an hour of time is. I see how much small decisions affect like the outcome of my life. And through coaching and learning this, I have been able to hire an assistant this year. And I did get my real estate license in California. And all of these goals and things that I wrote and that I wanted are coming true around me. And it's also been an easier year for me to live because my mind's been so much more clear. So it's like the the big stuff comes through who you are, like through the choices that you're making and who you're being. You know, it's not from just writing it down and saying like, you know, I'm going after this no matter what. I mean, you may get it that way come hell or high water, but like... I can attest that it's not a healthy or happy approach. You get what you thought you were going to get and you're not yeah. pleased with it. So anyway, I found a lot more like fulfillment through, through that present minded, like daily kind of attention to your goal. Yeah. Well, and, and don't worry about the, you know, supposed, long-winded answer it was a very very long-winded question so uh, <laughs> so it, it took a lot <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I had to match you you exactly. know I can't be beat um so and if this is too personal of a question you, you know we can we can you just say no I'm not going to answer that but so you mentioned core values a couple of times and and that that was kind of mind blowing yeah. for you, right? That she, she brought up those core values and that's something that I had to learn the hard way, right? Like, uh, you know, it's like, if we're not, if we're not showing up for our values or if we don't have our values defined, then like, you know, we're just, there's just, there's an emptiness there, right? There's there, you know, I feel like we're, we're maybe not, yeah. uh, you know, just, I guess, living up to who, who we say we are. Uh, but what would you say it is? Like are some of your your core values and how do they how do they show up or how do you help them show up on a daily basis? Yeah, um, I mean, one of my big core values um, is freedom and specifically time freedom. I I thrive when I feel like I'm able to kind of do what I want to do at the moment and use my time in a way that is. Uh, my choice. So I have like a really hard time when I'm too structured um, in a schedule. Um, I know that's kind of counterintuitive to what I said earlier about getting my business up and running. Um, but, um, you know, kind of getting a little bit more honest with like my approach to things, that's like a huge thing. I have to be able to design my day and keep and choose my schedule. Um, another big thing is just the human aspect. Like I love people and I love service and social connection. I'm like a 10 out of 10 extrovert. And so I get a lot of power from being around people and connecting with people. So that's really important to me. Like on a long weekend, if I'm just at home for 48, 72 hours, like 
I love my family with all my heart, but I'm like, holy shit, I need to get out of this house. You know what I mean? Like, I can't do it. Um, so like, you know, a core value for me is that social connection. Obviously, my family is a high, high, high priority, a huge value. Um, just having kids running around is stressful. Like, I don't think I'm by nature an amazing, engaged, always parent. But I feel like a ton of joy from that um, aspect of my life. And that's kind of a purpose or a why for getting all these big things. Like, I don't want a vacation home for me. I want a vacation home to watch my kids, like, spend the summer there and, and have the memories of, like, skipping rocks on the beach and surfing and, you know, hanging out, like, in a way that, like, is kind of like a dream, you know? Like, that's kind of what drives well, those goals. you said it. It's, you know, based on the secret that's going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah, the... <laughs> It is going to happen. The job is done. It's happening. It's happening. Um, well, awesome, man. So just to kind of wrap up, because I know you got a lot going on. Um, and, and, you know, we probably both got to take a, a nap okay. after this. Um, <laughs> we're ready to no go. No way. We're ready. Um, like, so tell us a little bit about the uh, Supervision podcast and why you picked the name and and what that's about. And kind of, kind of what yeah. you're uh, what you're doing with it. Yeah. So, um, I do have a podcast, and it is, is called that one Super word or Vision two podcast. Um, we've one word. Okay. One word. One word. We have recorded five, maybe six episodes in about eighteen months. So you're that we're on the slow going. train. Um, <laughs> It's really a pet project. I mean, it's just a fun thing. I love mindset stuff and talking and listening and reading and engaging with others about it. So that's kind of where it was born. My buddy, Zach, um, has been on my team. He's my friend. He was my neighbor. Um, and we started this podcast together just to have a forum, right, to talk about mindset. But I am, the name Supervision came to me. It was actually It's actually a streetwear brand, like, it has an iteration of using supervision in their, uh, in their product, their brand. Um, and I'd seen it on Instagram and I thought like, like, I love the word supervision. Like it to me has two kind of meanings or ways that you can look at it, right? Like to separate it, to put the space in the, between the words to have like a supervision about the way that you want your life to look or a huge vision or goal or picture of what you want to manifest. Right. Um, but then also I think uh, the word supervision without the space, um, you know, really ties in more to your stewardship and what you take responsibility for and what you take care over or your vision over, you know, sup what you're supervising. Right. So, um, we named our podcast that, um, just because we both felt drawn to this concept of like, looking forward to what you want your life to become, and then taking the responsibility of making it happen. So that's kind of where it all started. Um, no, I, I like that because it kind of, it kind of goes back to what you were saying about, uh, essentially, it's freeing our minds and, and really, really just setting up that ideal life. But then I guess that's not achievable unless we have the accountability, the, the stewardship over our individual lives and, and how we're showing up on a, on a day-to-day -day basis. So, so, um, yeah, so we're almost at an hour. It's been, it's been pretty awesome just chatting with you in this forum, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, if, if you haven't heard it yet, check out the supervision podcast. It's, it's just, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a good, it's got some good info, even though you've only got five, five episodes out, brother. It's, it's got some great. <laughs> only five. I, I, I thought, thought you said maybe five. It was I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 
I don't know. Um, no, but I want to make sure you get kudos too before this podcast is over because Esteban is a key role in my life as far as discipline and accountability goes. And you've always been just so determined to do exactly what you want to do. I mean, I really envy that in you. And I think that um, your listeners and our friends and the people that you work with and your clients can really you know, build a lot from following that because there are few people out there. As disciplined as <laughs> Thanks you. brother. So. I appreciate it. Uh, good. Thanks, good job. Anna. Good job to you. You know, that's a, that's a very, very honorable shout out. And I definitely owe you lunch for that. Uh, so, <laughs> or something. Um, no, well, you don't. <laughs> so I guess just one more thing on that, because because we talk about like stewardship yeah. and we talk about responsibility and, and, and sometimes people don't really know what that means or who, who they have, what their stewardship is or, or who they owe anything to. And, and I think that's maybe a key aspect in what, what Liberty is, right? It's, it's, it's taking responsibility yeah. for our shit, like, like our lives and, and, and really, knowing that whatever we have and whatever we don't have is is a direct result of our efforts our beliefs our values and how they show up in our lives every day if we're compromising on our values if we're compromising on our goals then we're not going to have, have have what we want right um but what are i guess sure what are some of the things and sorry i know like we're past an hour now you're probably going to die <laughs> no, I'm I'm fine. You're you're. Um, I'm, so, I'm what are cool. some of the things that you feel like we have stewardship over? Like, what what do you mean by that? Like, why why is that important uh, to, yeah. to you? Well, I think that we are responsible for our our footprint, right? Like the space that we're occupying, and we're responsible for taking care of our needs and in some cases others like my wife and my kids like I feel an immense stewardship to like for my place like in my home in my city in my country like like I feel like um we're born with responsibilities of like con contribution and growth and um I think that we have to take stewardship or responsibility for our own authenticity and for um, our true, like being honest with ourselves about where we're at and what we're doing. Like, like we all tell ourselves stories that aren't true about where we're currently at or what we're doing or that our vices aren't hurting anyone or whatever. And I just think that like the way that we're able to build and grow and to take liberty and freedom and really make the most of it is to like you said like own up to our shit and like and like you don't have to be perfect um and nobody is and i think a lot of people are afraid to admit they're where they're coming yeah. up short yeah so so, so really and, and i like to think of it kind of david goggins like accountability accountability mirror in a lot of ways you know just like looking at reality yeah and and kind of realizing that some of the stories that we're telling ourselves, like you said, are, are maybe not exactly accurate and, and willing to, willing to take that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, one more thing, how many times, but wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Um, well, yeah. so you had talked about, and this is more of a statement than, than a question, but you had talked about, uh, you know, I can't remember exactly how it came to my mind, but, uh, essentially there, there is a responsibility that we have for, uh, for our communities, our countries, our lives, our families. And, and so being able to, to step into that and, uh, and really just live lives that essentially we would have never even dreamed of was possible, I think is the best we can do yeah. to live up to the ideals and the values of, of this, this country that we live in and, and kind of, uh, you know, embrace those, those ideals of Liberty. But with that being said, any final thoughts that, that you want to leave to, you know, maybe the one or two people that have made it listening this long in this episode? 
Yeah. Um, well, I know I'm at least going to be listening to it. So. Um, <laughs> two yeah. listeners are on camera right now. And then, um, no, I think, well, I think um, the only thing that came to my mind while you were talking there at the end was just that I think a lot of us and a lot of people are, it's easy to feel like really entitled and to take advantage or, you know, to expect that you'll be taken care of or that, you know, to take advantage of things that a community provides um, without contribution. Um, and so I think that I've been lucky and I think that I was raised in a good mentality surrounding this and it's come into play for me. So I feel like privileged there, but like, it's just always been a goal of mine to have growth and contribution. And I feel like those are big human needs. And so I think the reason why I'm so protective of Liberty and why I'm so passionate about it and why I've wanted my life to be improving daily, you know, is because of those ideals, right? Like, like I want to give more than I get like, and, and I think that that nature kind of, is a law of attraction thing and you end up receiving so much abundance from that. So um, I think that that's kind of why um, communities work and why, you know, our country works and why Liberty is a fundamental part of that is that people have to have the freedom to, to mm. do so. I like that. Give, give more than you get. Like that's, that's gold right there, man. But uh, it's a, it's a Took it took us an hour to Solid get there, build. but we got it. Uh, Just pray the last five minutes. Of the yeah, yeah, we definitely don't want the intro and whatever that was. Our giggling. Uh, so, <laughs> all right, man. We'll finish. Finish, finish all right. with some giggles. Well, appreciate right. it again. I'm gonna go ahead and hit stop on this, but appreciate all our listeners who made it this far. And Chad, I know you're a busy guy, so you're gonna get back to it. All right. Thanks, Take buddy. Care. Appreciate you. See ya. All right. Take care.